0: In Revelation 1 8, Yeshua says of himself, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Did you know that if you read Genesis 1 1 in Hebrew, there is an olive tov right smack dab in the middle of that verse? Truly, Yeshua, the olive tov, the Alpha Omega, is there in the beginning and the end. So, if you are reading your Bible in Hebrew, whenever you come across Olive Tov, this is a direct reference to Yeshua. The acronym for Daily Audio Torah is D A T. In Hebrew, that is Dalit Olive Tov. When you unpack that in the ancient Hebrew picture language, what it means is this Doorway to the Olive Tav. The Daily Audio Torah is your doorway to the Olive Tav, your doorway to. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we begin a new Torah portion, Shaf'tim, and it means Judges. Deuteronomy 16.18-17.10 to 17, 10. You shall appoint magistrates and officials for your tribes in all the settlements that Hashem your God is giving you, and they shall govern the people with due justice. You shall not judge unfairly. You shall show no partiality. You shall not take bribes, for bribes blind the eyes of the discerning and upset the plea of the just. Justice, justice shall you pursue, that you may thrive and occupy the land that Hashem your God is giving you. You shall not set up a sacred post, any kind of pole beside the altar of Hashem your God, that you may make, or erect a stone pillar, for such Hashem your God detests. You shall not sacrifice to Hashem your God an ox or a sheep that has any defect of a serious kind, for that is abhorrent to Hashem your God. If there is found among you in one of the settlements that Hashem your God is giving you, a man or woman who has affronted HaShem your God and transgressed His covenant, turning to the worship of other gods and bowing down to them, to the sun or the moon or any of the heavenly host, something I never commanded, and you have been informed or have learned of it, then you shall make a thorough inquiry. If it is true, the fact is established that abhorrent thing was perpetrated in Israel. You shall take the man or woman who did that wicked thing out to the public place, and you shall stone them, man or woman, to death. A person shall be put to death only on the testimony of two or more witnesses. He must not be put to death on the testimony of a single witness. Let the hands of the witnesses be the first against him to put him to death, and the hands of the rest of the people thereafter. Thus you will sweep out evil from your midst. If a case is too baffling for you to decide, be it a controversy over homicide, civil law, or assault, matters of dispute in your courts, you shall promptly repair to the place that Hashem your God will have chosen, and appear before the Levitical Kohanim, or the magistrate in charge at the time, and present your problem. When they have announced to you the verdict in the case you shall carry out the verdict that is announced to you from that place that Hashem chose, observing scrupulously all their instructions to you. Job twenty eight one to thirty thirty one There is a mine for silver and a place where gold is refined. Iron is taken out of the earth, and copper smelted from rock. He sets bounds for darkness. To every limit, man probes to rocks in deepest darkness. They open up a shaft far from where men live, in places forgotten by wayfarers, destitute of men, far removed. Earth, out of which food grows, is changed below as if into fire. Its rocks are a source of sapphires. It contains gold dust, too. No bird of prey knows the path to it. The falcon's eye has not gazed upon it. The proud bees have not reached it. The lion has not crossed it. Man sets his hand against the flinty rock, and overturns mountains by the roots. He carves out channels through rock. His eyes behold every precious thing. He dams up the sources of the streams, so that hidden things may be brought to light. But where can wisdom be found? is the source of understanding no man can set a value on it it cannot be found in the land of the living the deep says it is not in me the sea says I do not have it it cannot be bartered for gold silver cannot be paid out as its price the finest gold of ophir cannot be weighed against it nor precious onyx nor sapphire gold or glass cannot match its value nor vessels of fine gold be exchanged for it Coral and crystal cannot be mentioned with it. A pouch of wisdom is better than rubies. Topaz from Nubia cannot match its value. Pure gold cannot be weighed against it. But whence does wisdom come? Where is the source of understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all living concealed from the fowl of heaven. Abaddon and Death say we have only a report of it. HaShem understands the way to it. He knows its source. For He sees to the ends of the earth, observes all that is beneath the heavens. When He fixed the weight of the winds, set the measure of the waters. When He made a rule for the rain and a course for the thunderstorms, then He saw it and gauged it. He measured it and probed it. He said to man, See, fear of HaShem is wisdom. To shun evil is understanding. Job again looked, took up his theme and said, Oh, that I were in months gone by, in the days when Hashem watched over me, when His lamp shone over my head, when I walked in the dark by its light, when I was in my prime, when Hashem's company graced my tent, when Shaddai was still with me, when my lads surrounded me, when my feet were bathed in cream, and rocks poured out streams of oil for me. When I passed through the city gates to take my seat in the square, young men saw me and hid. Elders rose and stood. Nobles held back their words. They clapped their hands to their mouths. The voices of princes were hushed. Their tongues stuck to their plates. The ear that heard me acclaimed me, The eye that saw commended me, for I saved the poor man who cried out, the orphan who had none to help him. I received the blessing of the lost. I gladdened the heart of the widow. I clothed myself in righteousness, and it robed me. Justice was my cloak and turban. I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy, and I looked into the case of the stranger. I broke the jaws of the wrongdoer, and I wrested prey from his teeth. I thought I would end my days with my family, and be as long-lived as the phoenix, my roots reaching water and dew lying on my branches, my vigor refreshed, my bow ever new in my hand. Men would listen to me expectantly, and wait for my counsel. After I spoke, they had nothing to say. My words were as drops of dew upon them. They waited for me as for rain, for the late rain, their mouths open wide. When I smiled at them, they would not believe it. They never expected a sign of my favor. I decided their course and presided over them. I lived like a king among his troops, like one who consoles mourners. But now those younger than I deride me men whose fathers I would have disdained to put among my sheepdogs. Of what use to me is the strength of their hands. All their vigor is gone, wasted from want and starvation. They flee to a parched land, to the gloom of desolate wasteland. They pluck saltwort and wormwood. The roots of broom are their food. Driven out from society, they are cried at like a thief. They live in the gullies of wadis, in holes in the ground and in rocks, braying among the bushes, huddling among the nettles, scoundrels, nobodies, stricken from the earth. Now I am the butt of their jives. I have become a byword to them. They abhor me. They keep their distance from me. They do not withhold spittle from my face. Because Hashem has disarmed and humbled me, they have thrown off restraint in my presence. Mere striplings assail me at my right hand, they put me to flight, they build their roads for my ruin. They tear up my path, they promote my fall, although it does them no good. They come as through a wide reach, they roll in like raging billows. "'Terror tumbles upon them. "'It sweeps away my honor like the wind. "'My dignity vanishes like a cloud. "'So now my life runs out. "'Days of misery have taken hold of me. "'By night my bones feel nod. "'My sinews never rest. "'With great effort I change clothing. "'The neck of my tunic fits my waist. "'He regarded me as clay. "'I have become like dust and ashes.' I cry out to you, but you do not answer me. I wait, but you do not consider me. You have become cruel to me with your powerful hand. You harass me. You lift me up and mount me on the wind. You make my courage melt. I know you will bring me to death, the house assigned for all the living. Surely he would not strike at a ruin if in calamity one cried out to him. Did I not wait for the unfortunate? Did I not grieve for the needy? I looked forward to good fortune, but evil came. I hoped for light, but darkness came. My bowels are in turmoil, without respite. Days of misery confront me. I walk about in sunless gloom. I rise in the assembly and cry out. I have become a brother to jackals, a companion to ostriches. My skin... Blackened is peeling off me. My bones are charred by the heat, so my lyre is given over to mourning. My pipe, to accompany weepers. Second Corinthians two, twelve to seventeen. Furthermore, when I Paul came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel. And a door was opened to me of the Lord. I had no rest of my spirit, because I found not Titus my brother. But taking my leave of them, I went from thence into Macedonia. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Yeshua, and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Yeshua, in them that are saved, and in them that perish. To the one we are the savor of death unto death, and to the other the savor of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God speak we in Christ. Psalm 42, 1-11 As the deer pants after the water brook, so pants my soul after you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before you? My tears have been my meat, day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept holy day. Why are you you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted in me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him with the help of His countenance. O oh my God, my soul is cast down within me, therefore will I remember you from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites, from the hill Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the noise of your waterspouts, All your waves and your billows have gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God my rock, Why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the sword of my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say daily to me, Where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? HOPE IN GOD, FOR I SHALL YET PRAISE HIM, WHO IS THE HEALTH OF MY COUNTENANCE AND MY GOD. PROVERBS 22.7 THE RICH RULE OVER THE POOR, AND THE BORROWER IS SERVANT TO THE LENDER. I want to speak to you today from our reading from Job chapters 28 through 30, and I want to step back and ask a big question and start to reflect on it with you. And the question is, why do bad things happen to good people? Why does God allow his chosen ones to suffer? And this is what Job is struggling with hugely. And he's in conversation with his three friends. And Job is really questioning God. He's wrestling him down to the mat. Why have all these bad things happened to me? I've been righteous. I've been good. And so let's take a look at this question. And what I want to do is take a look at, do we see Yeshua in the book of Job? Yes, we do. Yeshua is there in the book of Job. What makes me say that? Let's take a look at a cross-reference scripture from Philippians chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. But actually, I'm going to start in verse 8. Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. And this is Paul speaking. Actually, I'm going to back it up to verse 7. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. This is Paul speaking. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted as loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness which is from the law, from the Torah, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know Him, and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death. if by any means, I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. So, Paul says that he wants to know him and not just know about him or know him intellectually, but know him as in intimately the way a man knows a woman on their wedding night. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his. Sufferings. Job walked in the fellowship of Yeshua's sufferings. If we are going to be disciples of Yeshua, we're going to walk as he walked and we're going to experience many of the same things that he experienced. Not exactly in the same way. We each have our own individual and unique journey, but we're going to experience. Many of the things that he went through and he suffered, my friend. And so if we're going to have fellowship with Yeshua, we're going to drink from the cup of suffering that he drank from. And in going through those sufferings, we will come to know him more intimately and more deeply. And so Job is drinking from the cup of suffering, the cup of suffering of Yeshua. So Yeshua is in this way. He is in the book of Job. Continuing on, let's take a look at Job 28, verse 18. Coral and crystal cannot be mentioned with it. A pouch of wisdom is better than Than rubies. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows: In several places, the Bible uses the ruby as an example of something precious. This describes the worth of the woman of valor in Proverbs as beyond that of rubies, and in this verse, the value of wisdom is described as better than rubies. Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, the twentieth-century leader of the chabad Lubavitch hasidic movement, once told former Haifa mayor Ari Goril In Haifa there is a sea. One shouldn't become intimidated by something that is deep. This is the uniqueness of Haifa. It has a sea, and there is a valley, and in the valley are precious stones and gems. The Holy One, blessed be He, did a wondrous thing. He concealed them in the depths of the earth, and in any case... In the depth of the river, based on that conversation, a company called Shifa Hamim was started for the purpose of searching for precious stones near Haifa over the years, Shifa Hamim has discovered diamonds and other precious stones hidden in the land of Israel, among them rubies. Continuing on in Job chapter 29, verse 25, it is written, I decided their course and presided over them. I lived like a king among his troops, like one who consoles mourners. Now again, this is Job um, basically defending himself. And before I even get into the commentary on that verse, here is a very important principle. Whenever you come under attack, whether it's from a loved one, a family member, a boss, a coworker, whenever there's any kind of an attack, never defend yourself. Of course, our flesh wants to defend ourselves, even especially when the attack is unfair, unjust, untrue. Um, we want to defend ourselves and say, that's not true. Or we want to attack back. But we're not to defend ourselves. Yeshua was silent before those accusers who accused him falsely. He was silent. He had nothing to say to Herod. Okay, so let's come back to this verse. I decided their course and presided over them. I lived like a king among his troops, like one who consoles mourners. The Israel Bible Commentary. to this verse reads as follows. Job notes that he was able to comfort the mourners and to deal fairly with the poor and widows because he was respected among them. It is relatively easy to be merciful and kind from a high position. Perhaps part of Job's test is to learn that his kindness should not be contingent on his feelings of superiority. Compassion and sensitivity to others is built into the nature of the land of Israel, where the sabbatical year, Shemitah, is observed every seven years to remember and provide for the needy and less fortunate. Finally, let's take a look at Job chapter 30, verse 19. He regarded me as clay. I have become like dust And ashes. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows: Job expresses his modesty with the same words used by Abraham when he beseeched Hashem to save the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. I am but dust and ashes. Genesis eighteen twenty-seven. Because of Abraham's genuine sense of modesty, he is granted the land of Israel as an eternal inheritance for his descendants. When they follow in the path of their father Abraham and carry themselves with humility, the children of Israel in turn merit living peacefully in the land. However, when they are filled with pride, they stray from Hashem and follow other gods and are then punished with exile from the land. Isaiah declares that during the time of the ultimate redemption, arrogance and pride will be eradicated from among the children of Israel man's haughty look shall be brought low and the pride of mortals shall be humbled none but Hashem shall be exalted in that day Heavenly Father I do pray for any who are listening who may be currently drinking from the cup of suffering right now I pray that you'll give grace to each one and that As we drink from that cup of suffering, that we would not become bitter or offended or angry at any people around us or even at you. I pray that we will drink that cup of suffering with grace and with mercy. And that we would know truly the fellowship of Yeshua's sufferings. And that in knowing his sufferings and drinking from that cup, we would know Yeshua even more intimately. If we are in bitter circumstances, difficult, hard circumstances, circumstances where we'd like to simply run away, put on the running shoes and run away, I pray that each one of us would just gaze at the cross. Even as Moses lifted up on a staff a bronze serpent and all those who had been bitten by poisonous snakes gazed at that bronze serpent, and they were healed of the poison within their bodies. I pray today, Lord, that we will look full on at the cross of Yeshua HaMashiach, and that that would bring healing into our soul, our mind, our emotions, that whatever it is that has been happening any sin that's been done against us, we would take it to the cross and nail it to the cross and leave it there. And may we know your shalom and your peace, your grace, your healing, your mercy, and your loving and kindness. And I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Vish, Mareka, Yeh, Adonai, Anavilaka, Vikuneka, Is.